and welcome to the Better, Faster, and Happier podcast. I am Nancy Ewawan, and this is the podcast where we discuss with remarkable people across different industries about the steps they are taking towards a better, faster, and happier organizational environment. So my guest today is Kate Rostance, a founder and director of Fat Free Media. How I've met Kate is pretty funny and rarely a 21st century rendezvous. And it's through a Slack community by Found and Flourish. And it's really an, an online Slack community for female founders to get together, support each other. And I'm really excited about this particular episode because I'm curious to hear from Kate's perspective what they are doing in fat-free media when it comes to better, faster, and happier. So Kate, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, let's just dive in and jump straight into it. So when it comes to better, faster, happier, when I say that, what jumps to mind for you and your organization? Well, better is something that uh, really resonates with me personally, because never been very good at comparing myself or the business to other people. I don't really care what other people are doing, but I'm really mm. interested in seeing how I'm doing in comparison to old me. And as long as I'm getting a little bit better every day, then I'm happy. I love marginal gains. I love how little changes can make a bigger impact in the long run. When it comes to faster, I've kind of got two perspectives on it. Number one, when it comes to kind of going somewhere faster for the sake of going somewhere faster, I'm not into it. I'm not into growth hacking. I don't care if you doubled your turnover. I'm not into the hustle because being running an agency for the past kind of eight years has taught me that the hustle kind of comes with a price. Mm. And as I get a bit older, I'm not really willing to pay the price in terms of the impact that that's going to have on my health and my well-being and the team around me's health and well-being as well. So now for me, faster means having a really clear vision about where I want to go and concentrating mm. on that small number of goals and focusing all of my effort into achieving those and not really caring about everything else around me. So it's really about kind of working smarter and not necessarily harder. And then the final word, Happier is something that's really, really high up on our agenda, um, both my personal kind of goals for the year and also the team at Fat Free. How I see it is there's lots of things in life that kind of fill up your happiness bucket and there's other things that mm. empty your happiness bucket. And when you have an empty happiness bucket, you are not doing your best work. You're not your best self. Yeah. So my challenge as the MD is to look at what makes the team happy what makes us as business owners happy and what depletes it and work out how to adjust our business and the work that we do in order to kind of work from that always happy position. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. And it's definitely brought up a couple of questions in my head. And the first one is, I loved what you said with regards to better. And it's really about that incremental process and that getting better a little bit when comparing to who and what you were doing yesterday. Now, what I've often seen is that when this translates to how you operate as a business, it doesn't always work out that well. So what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. When we apply this to the team, and I can only speak for our team, we work on projects all the time. And whereas we can't get that data on a day-to-day -day basis, we want to be in a position where every project that we take on is better than the last. So we're seeing growth in our systems and processes as well as our creative outputs. Um, and that each of the artists that work on the film are becoming stronger as a result of working on that project. So yes, it might not be those kind of true marginal gains of you know every day being a little bit better, but there are still those kind of um, small increments as, as we go through the year. And I think from my perspective and my role, which is a lot about 
running the business and Mm -hmm. from an operations perspective making everything work I think that there are a lot more of those incremental um, daily things and there's a lot of things that I've built into the way that I work over the course of the last year to make sure that we we are doing that so um, things that I do on a weekly basis things that I do on a daily basis Mm -hmm. in order to make sure that I am kind of monitoring things across the board there aren't any scary surprises and that we are kind of constantly improving on certain things. So monitoring, you mentioned the word monitoring. And for me, that's something that's quite interesting because I've been diving in deep into um, some of the DevOps principles and just some content written about DevOps. And it talks a lot about monitoring the health of your tech. And I think that same concept can be brought into monitoring the health of your business. So what are the type of things that you're monitoring then in that case? So particularly in this instance, I write a weekly report, which is just for my own benefit and for my business partner. And that takes a look at the business from a kind of a financial health perspective, but also from a sales Mm. pipeline perspective as well. So that might be just as simple as we've got all of our bank accounts broken out. So um, separate accounts for VAT and corporation tax and buffer cash and long-term savings and all those kind of things. And it's just about making sure that all of that cash that needs to be accounted for by other priorities Mm. is put away and also that we're making um, steps towards our financial objectives in terms of we want to have six months overheads put away into a separate bank account for instance um, but then it also takes a look at how much new business we've converted in that past month and we know what that yeah. figure needs to be in order to make sure that the team are working at capacity for the following kind of few months also mm-hmm. instead of managing a cash flow perspective in terms of truly understanding when invoices are going to land and what our outcomings are um, for us we simplified that down to if we send x amount of invoices out in a month because we know that our debtor days are quite low mm-hmm. that we will get that right amount of cash 30 days later for instance um, so it's just about what business have we won what capacity are the team working at what invoices are, are kind of going out and that kind of just makes sure that there isn't a problem or if there is a, a bad month that we are aware of it and we can take we can adjust our course accordingly the following month to make up for that I suppose. Um, so something that you just said was really interesting is um, if there is a bad month, I think often what tends to happen is companies, um, whether large or small, is when they have a bad month, happiness is something that tends to, or even quality of life of their employees tends to be the first thing that kind of go out of the window. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts around that? Is that something that you guys are wary of when it comes to looking at your financials? You know, it's really interesting you ask that because actually the opposite has been true. Um, so mm. if we have a financially really good month, if the, the sales that have been earned, so the work that's been done in the studio is very high or higher than our targeted levels, then that's usually a really good indicator that that we're working the team really hard, that there isn't that contingency between projects. There's no breathing room for for collaboration and and kind Mm. of reflection and and making the projects as best as we can do. So this was something that we were kind of aware of last year. We've never had, this is why I don't care about turnover. We've never had such financial success as we've had in the last 12 months. But at the end of last year, we really looked at at the business and realised that it wasn't making myself and um, my business partner happy and it, it wasn't making the team happy. So we kind of spent some time holistically looking at the agency and what had got us here. You know, the agency's been running for 13 years. So mm. everything has served us well over that time. But some of the things that we were doing, well, we were doing because we've always done them and they might have served as well at times in gone by, but that wasn't necessarily the right thing for us to do 
in you know fat free media in 2019 for instance yeah so we had to make some tough decisions there in terms of how to fix this how to be the best version of fat free and and for ourselves as well and our personal and professional development and um, one of the things that we worked out there last year was it financially hugely successful and actually we probably took on a lot of projects that we shouldn't have and that meant that we when the briefs landed that were the jobs that we really wanted to work on that we Mm. kind of had to crowbar it into an already busy studio and so we took some um, brave decisions to really think about that and think about the type of work that was us adding the most value to our clients. I was just wondering because you just um, said something around like knowing what work adds most value to our client. Yeah. What are you looking at to help you decide that option A will be more valuable than option B? So we're a film and animation agency and we make branded content for brands and, and, and businesses. And the range of briefs that we get range from projects that we could do a really good job on mm-hmm. that aren't difficult. I think, you know, in some industries, you might call it kind of bread and butter. You know, it's just a, mm-hmm. a job that can kind of come in, be done and um, get turned around and go back out the door. Um, yeah. But other agencies, you know, our, our kind of competitors could probably do an equally good job. I'd like to think we could do a better job, but, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it doesn't require the special thing that we bring to the table. Yet there are other jobs that require an exceptional creative idea to be generated and then to be executed that requires a high level of collaboration in the team, requires um, keeping that creative integrity line through the project. And it's usually for a kind of a a more concept or campaign driven um, project. Those are the projects when we had a look at the last 12 months and the projects that we loved working on versus the projects that were fine, but, you know, didn't put that creative fire in our belly that Mm. made us realise this is the bit that we do really well at. This is where we add most value. And actually then speaking to our clients about it, they were like, yeah, I don't know. I come to you because of that. Um, the other briefs that come to us from the same clients were often because they knew that we do a good job, yeah. but not really because they wanted us truly for those kind of the bigger projects, the projects that had the creative concept behind. So that's really mm-hmm. how we define that value add. And I think in terms of where we'd like to go as an agency, we'd like to be more known for those creative concepts and that those kind of conceptual projects that are very, very ideas driven. And that in order to create the space for us to have the capacity to take on more projects, Mm -hmm. that's probably meant saying no to a few projects that don't necessarily fit that brief. Well, it's really clear to me that you guys have gone through a, a series of quite difficult decisions that you've made to improve, which brings me to my next question, if we think about these three quadrants of better, faster, and happier, what's really one area where you'd really like to see improvements? And what are you trying to do to get those improvements? For this year, I think our main focus is definitely on the happier. I think that as a a small team, we don't have to abide by the same rules as big business. And one of the things I've really kind of reminded myself over the, the course of the last few months is that we make the rule book here and that's my focus really is is just about trying to we've got a clear vision of where we want to go I need to protect that vision the vision of the of the whole team and to kind of drive that ship forward in order to make that the best success that it can be so that means a, a happy team that are working on creatively fulfilling projects that's related to some other changes that we're making in the studio as well uh, being more 
open with our kind of flexible working Mm -hmm. to allow people to kind of manage their own time a lot more. And I've um, recently found out about something from another agency owner that I that I know about motivational maps. So really getting to understand your team from the perspective of what motivates them as an individual. And then instead of kind of having performance reviews with set objectives that I mean, I'm that kind of person, give me some KPIs and I am all (laughs) over it. I will smash them. Um, Unfortunately, they've got no one around me to give me a quarterly review. Um, but yeah. but I, this has taught me that actually not everybody's the same and for other people mm. the thought of having kind of KPIs that they'd be measured against is, is something that would give them anxiety rather than um, something that they would kind of excel in so being able to really like work out with the individual team members which is something that we can do when we've got a team of 9, 10, 11 people rather than a team of 100 or a team of 1,000 um, yeah. is to really understand what, what motivates them as individuals um, and then work with them to kind of create the best role for them and the best mm-hmm. way of kind of challenging them as well. I think creative people stay in roles as long as they're challenged and that's our our challenge is to is to keep them excited and, and keep, keep them excitedly fulfilled. Yeah. Another thing that we're doing this month, which I'm really excited about, is mm. um some mental health first aid training and I know there's a kind of a growing momentum, especially around agency owners, I find in particular, around how the relentlessness um, mm. of uh, the challenges that you face as a as an agency uh, founder, and and also I think that extends to the rest of the team. It can be very busy. You know, you, you can sometimes not prioritise your own personal life and. And this mental health first aid course, in the same way that a practical first aid course, it teaches the whole team in a kind of group environment to understand mental health conditions without stigma attached to it, recognize the signs of it, be able to offer support in a peer-to-peer capacity in order to get that early warning signal of, Mm -hmm. oh, I think so-and-so might be struggling in order that we can kind of wrap our arms around the team um, and support each other and look out for one another in order to maintain everybody's happiness as much as possible. And is this something that you've done yourself, this particular course? It's not something I've done myself. We've decided to take the whole team to do the training all together. So we're actually working with an in-house trainer who will will come to us to run the training and we'll be able to bespoke it based on our interests and and Mm -hmm. kind of our flavor of business. So I did this training, this uh, similar mental health training now, maybe two years ago. And I can say the one thing that really struck to me was how difficult listening is as a skill. It's something we all put on a resume that we're great at, but truly and surely it is a difficult skill to master because part of mental health, or at least not dealing, I don't like the word dealing, but part of the challenge that you find in the workplace when people suffer is that they have no one to talk to. And when they do talk to someone, there is this immediate advice given approach rather than listening approach. And when I did the Mm. training, that was really something that stuck to mind. And I was like, oh, wow. And I started to pretend just taking back steps of conversations I've had with colleagues back then who clearly now that I've been trained, I I reflect and I notice "Hmm, there were definitely a few flags here and there that I should have noticed, but I Mm. wasn't actually listening. But I don't know. I think it's something that Personally, this is my personal experience with it. And I think you and your team will really enjoy that training. And it's pretty exciting to hear that that's something that you guys are doing. What sparked the idea to get this going? I think it's just coming from a need to make sure that we're prioritizing 
well-being for the team and and for ourselves Mm. and in in that super busy period you know we got through the super busy period it's not something that I want to maintain it's not a lifestyle for me Mm. and it's just about trying to put pillars in place to make sure that we protect the things that are important Um, Mm. and that training is a way to not just give lip service to it but also just to kind of continue the conversation so you know we already offer counseling free of charge to anyone in in the team they can access that we don't need to know about it we just basically Mm -hmm. pick up the bill the other side of it and that's something that's often offered in larger companies but um in my experience of working in agencies it's not something that's been offered to me and and we also kind of talk about mental health days and if you're not in a good place you know don't come to work and uh but this is just about kind of continuing that conversation and and just making sure that we're protecting the team so I'm uh, I'm absolutely raving and loving everything I'm hearing right now. Often when I talk to leaders who in their personal life really value mental health, which really falls underneath the potentially the happier category, but also truly under the better category as well. There's often a clash between performing and so your business performance. So you're actually making mm-hmm. revenue and taking care of the mental health of your employees. Is that a balance that is hard for you guys to strike? Or is that something like, what are you guys doing to to keep that balance? I've lowered our, all of our targets. <laughs> uh, because uh, that's, what, that's one way because, of doing it. Yeah. <laughs> because actually, you know, um, a lot of people, so I think uh, at times last year, um, the agency became a bit of a a kind of a monster that had its own set of principles and needed to be fed and um, mm-hmm, yeah needed those invoices to go out and all that kind of stuff um, and actually through that process I think that myself and, and my business partner um, probably felt a little bit removed from it felt like the the, the agency was a separate thing to us and mm. the principles and and the rules that we would like to think I, well I'm not that kind of person that's the agency became misaligned to who we wanted to be in the world and this is our kind of process to realign those back together and whilst we all need I appreciate this this sounds like I'm coming from a very privileged position we all need money um, to survive um, Mm. but we are not in this business because we want a swimming pool um we're we're in this business because this is us doing our best work and as long as I've got food in my fridge and I've got the you know the mortgage paid to a large extent I'm not motivated by money as long as there is enough of it and and we kind of have quite modest views when it comes to those things so I really think there is a way of kind of uh, niching into a, a certain types, working on certain types of projects that really are where the team excel and mm-hmm. that in time, you know, will be paid well for that. But actually, there are more important things. So I'm not going to set targets based on what we did in the previous three months of the last quarter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set them based on the capacity that I know that we have in the studio, how billable I know people are as a percentage of the week, what's realistically achievable. And by tracking that, what is people being billable three and a half days a week and tracking what's people being billable five days a week, I know that I've got my lower and upper limit of what our target should be in a month, Yeah. for instance. If it goes above that top line, I know that we're doing something very wrong. And that's kind of, so it sounds a bit glib to say lowering targets, but it's just about understanding our lives as being a pie chart that's made up from more than just kind of 
mm. KPIs yeah. and financial yeah. targets and those kind of things. There's, there's more involved in this and it's not really why we're here. It's really um, interesting because so what yeah. you're describing to me, the first thing that I think of right now is Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? So if you yeah. get your basic psychological needs met, that then allows you to look into other areas. And I think sometimes while we can... I remember when I was 14 and we had to, during my business class, we had to map this, the, the pyramid against the company. And maybe we should do more of that, which as a result might bring the idea of lowering targets because, hey, we're actually good. Let's focus on quality mm. rather than expansion. Yeah, maybe we should definitely try and push that forward as a notion of thought. Just lowering your standards yeah. and everything will be fine. No, but thank <laughs> you so much for sharing that with me. So thank you so much for sharing all of those insightful journeys with us this far. The last question I really want to ask you is, what are the one or two tools that you are currently in love with using constantly when it comes to achieving this mission of a better, faster and happier organization? I I really sound like a stuck record with this one because I will literally talk to you about this if you my bus driver you know if you are in the shop I will t- literally yeah. tell anybody about it mm-hmm. um but I read a book a few years ago called um getting things done by Dave Allen um and I've since reread it a bunch of times I subscribed to his podcast and it's basically a methodology for getting things out of your brain which is a kind of a processing tool not a not a, a receptacle for your kind of to-do list mm-hmm. um and into something else and that process of taking your to-dos, things you need to remember, all those kind of things, and and putting them into one place that you regularly sort through um, is a way of getting that bird's eye view across everything that you need to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And that has been so, so instrumental in me understanding what is the strategically most important thing for me to be working on next, as opposed to the thing that's shouting the loudest or the thing that's at the top of my inbox. So I have implemented that with a piece of software called Nirvana HQ, which has been developed with Dave Allen's methodology in mind. And I've got it on my phone and I've got it um, always open on one of my screens at work. And anything that happens, I just bung it straight in my inbox as a reminder to kind of uh, deal with it later. And then once or twice a day in the same way that I manage my emails, I'll just go into it. I'll scan down my list, um, which is organized by projects. And then I can take that view of, of what is the most important thing for me to do. That's been so, so freeing because I think often I felt like I don't know the full shape of all the things that I need to do. Therefore, I, I can't make the decision about whether I'm working on the strategically best one. So this is, it only works if you are in it 100%. And now I'm in it 100%. I love the freedom that it gives me to be able to go home at the end of the day, knowing that I've done all the things that I really needed to do that day. Mm-hmm. Or if I haven't got them done, I know about it rather than yeah. realizing a week later that you've you know dropped a ball on something and you you've not done what you were, were supposed to so that's been a massive massive game changer for me there's a couple of others receipt bank is just a little app that you take photos of all of your receipts and work expenses and then some magic happens <laughs> and AI reads it and I don't need to do any kind of processing myself so game changer love it oh, that um, saves and then you the a lot other one which oh yeah it, it really does and the whole team have got it too and it, mm-hmm. it kind of feeds into our zero account and our kind of accountants pick it up and and kind of feed it through to the right places but it's it's been a, a real game changer for us and the last one is I've got a really, 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 really big to read pile. Um, Mm. You were talking about listening earlier and I'm like, yeah, I've got at least three books on my list that are just about the the art of listening and um, how to be a better listener. And I'm sometimes a bit overwhelmed because I want to read all of the books. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know which book to kind of read next. So one of the things that I've been trialing um, on my drive into work in the morning um, is the Blinkist app, um, which condenses... 
Oh, have you? Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, which condenses uh, nonfiction books down into 15-minute audio. And I can listen to that and decide whether I think I need to read the book in its completeness mm-hmm. or whether I've kind of got the gist of it. So I'm only three or four days into it, but I've already read like six books. So that's pretty good going. <laughs> I can definitely vouch. I installed Blinkist on my phone about six months ago, and it's changed my life. I'm not a natural born reader. I envy people who do, but it's definitely something I want to improve on just because I think when it comes to in personally becoming better, faster and happier um, in my private life, as well as my professional life and the organizations I work for, just saving time in certain aspects of your life becomes really valuable. And Blinkist has certainly done that. And I don't mean to be mm. um, an advocate or not paying for this as an ad, but it's, it's honestly, it's a great app. And I would actually encourage you to roll it out to everyone else in your organization as something to, to look to as a resource, just to learn more and to feed your brain with more information. Yeah, it was my, my business partner that told me his perspective on nonfiction books, which is basically they get to the gist in the first two chapters. And then the rest of the book is basically them just giving you different examples to reiterate their points. Um, so it does feel like you can kind of condense it down into into something much smaller. Although I I hate the idea that people don't just read the books it's for me it's a bit of a kind of a trailer for reading the books and Mm. just making sure that I'm reading the right kind of books and they're going to add the most value rather than wasting my time on something that that could have been a 15 minute audio download thank you so much on that note thank you so much for being on the show with us I'm actually um, so for the listeners there I've currently taken my phone and looked up Nirvana I'm gonna try this out because it definitely looks like a good application to use to just to schedule and take your to-do list into an actual action plan mode. So Kate, thank you so much for sharing that with me personally and with our listeners. And thank you for being on the show. And listeners, thank you again for being here with us. Don't forget, as usual, if you're new to the club, make sure you subscribe to either Spotify or iTunes. Switch on the notification. You don't want to miss out on an episode. We've got great people like Kate lined up and yeah let's build towards a happy faster and better future thank you again kate so much and see you guys around thanks very much for having me (laughs) 